Good morning, everybody. So we're on the uh, new Mishnah on Daf Mevezim and Aleph, and the Mishnah says as follows: Mikabelas Isha Miad Bina Miad Baila Umachzi Rosa Lamayim B'Shabbos. So the husband or the son come home from Shul on Shabbos. Um, they uh, or well, if it's an eruv or they were they were in the house anyway and they're yotz in the house. Whatever the example is that they're allowed to do what they're doing, the point is is that they want to maintain the freshness of the dalaminim, so the wife and mother can take the set from the hands of her husband and son and return it to water on Shabbos. Rehuda Rehuda says these are the guidelines. B'Shabbos Machzirim. On Shabbos, you could only return it to water. You can't add any water. You can't replace any water. But if it was already in water before, you could return it to water. The Yamtiv Mesifin, on Yamtiv itself, you're allowed to even add a little bit of water. If I remember correctly, up to half. Remember, if I remember correctly, it's up to half. Uva um, Moed, and a Moed, you could actually be Machlef, Machlifen, you can actually switch out the water altogether and add new water to the vase. And then a brand new Alafa, Katan, Hayudela, Naneach, Hayabululov, young child that knows how to shake the Lulov, is obligated in the midst of Lulov. Says the Gemara, Pshita, uh, it's obvious that the wife and mother can take it from the hands of her son and husband. What is the Chiddush uh, of the Mishnah? So answers the Gemara, about the Tema, I would have thought to say, Hoyl, since. That since a woman is not obligated in the midst of the Maybe she should not even touch it. Then no, it's okay to touch. You know, all these things are kind of like counterintuitive. You would think that Dalaminim are muksa and a chauffeur's muksa and all these things, but that's the midst of the day. You're supposed to do it and it's not muksa. But maybe, perhaps, you would think that if you're not obligated in the mitzvah, then Tavki you shouldn't, and therefore the mission is saying that you're allowed to do it. Um, I'm sure you are all aware of the famous machlokas between the Chaber and Ramah on women saying brachos on mitzvah seshes magrama. Uh, did your wife say bracha? On what? On Mitzvah Sashas Magrama. Ulov. I don't think so. Okay, good. Right. She shouldn't. <laughs> she's she's already. I know she grew up already, but she is already. Yeah, my sister married a Timani, actually. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, he's a major Sephardi Shulon Ranana. There's Israel. So, um, but the point being is, is that uh, that the Ramah Paskins that even though the words are Shere Kedishan Amitzvah which seems to be only applicable to men who are obligated and not the women, even though the Sephardim agree that you can do it if you want to, you know, you, they don't stop the woman from shaking the lover sitting in the sukkah, but the bracha can't be said, but the minig amongst the Ashkenazim is that you can make the bracha. Um, totally interesting side point is that there is a um, sefer called Chuvos Min HaShamayim, Shailas and Chuvos Min HaShamayim, and it's a very thin sefer, but the Shailas and Chuvos are all Shailas and Chuvos that were asked by the author to a um, Magid, which is a through a dream or through a vision, whatever it was. And uh, so there's major debates. Halakhically, are you allowed to, you know, go based on, you know, what, what happened? Because when you say, you can't go based on what's going on in heaven. You have to have, you know, through your own emailist, etc. It's an introduction to the Sefer. has an introduction written by a more recent Talmud Chacham saying, can you even use the Sefer? You know, it's a, but one of the chubas he has there is about uh, about women saying brachas and he yells that women should, even for Svartim. Really? Yeah, yeah, so it's like a whole big interesting thing. And he, if I remember correctly, he even writes... Um, uh, or, or no, Ravaja Yosef writes. 
that if 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 the if the mechaber would have seen, you know, would have known this information, would have said, like, it's like an interesting, like, uh, it's a very interesting thing. I've read the exact details. I haven't seen. I haven't seen it in a while. But the point being is, is that the mice, the mice, um, women can touch it. It's not muksa. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is this is a, this is a reboot. This is even a woman could, but of course the men can as well. And I was saying yesterday, we're not going to do all the lachas of Shabbos right now, but this is the lachas of the mice. It's like regular flowers. If if you know the if flowers fall out on Shabbos, you can put them back in again. You can't add water. Certainly can't make new water, um, but you could you could put them back in again on Shabbos. It's totally fine. It's not an issue. Okay, so Tanarabam. That, that's just even those people that have those little packs where they have the you know paper towel and the the tin foil. Why are you allowed to even do that? So the reason why is that since it was already in there before Shabbos, you could do it again on Shabbos. But if it was never in there on Shabbos, you want to borrow your friends and put it on for the first time on yours because yours is starting to wither. That's actually an issue. I'll be allowed to do that. That's you're returning it to it, but you can't do it for the first time. And just Thomas, like, keep in mind not to squeeze out anything from the paper towels. Okay, Tanarabam. The rabbis teach us. Katan hayodea lenanea chayef. This is my voice is getting worse, not better. I think it's probably, it has to get worse to get better, right? My voice is getting worse. It's getting harder for me to talk. Um, so the Mishnah said, a child that knows how to shake is obligated in the midst of Luluch Haibuluf. So now we're going to just give a list of what the guidelines are for different mitzvahs. And really, the common denominator is very, very simple. You're obligated to mechanech a child in that mitzvah when he is of age, that he understands what he's doing for that particular mitzvah. So every single mitzvah in the Torah has a different age bracket for when a child is obligated. And on top of that, every single child is different. It goes by the child. And each, every parent has another child when they fall into this range, so to speak. And you can even have two different children, one of them is a little more sharp than the next one. And the mitzvah themselves is depends on the mitzvah, and maybe certain child understands lulav more than he understands sukkah, and other way around, whatever it may be. The point being is that it goes by based on when you understand what you're doing. So here we go. So katan has to know how to shake a lulav. Li satif, if he knows how to do a tifa, which is how we put in our talis, the chayi b'tzitzis, he's chayi b'tzitzis. Lishmortfilin, if he's old enough that he knows how to watch his tefillin, which means he's able to maintain a clean body, he's not going to pass any gas, he's going to have, for the most part, appropriate thoughts. Then, his father should buy him tefillin. This is actually one of the only mitzvahs that we wait until basically Bar Mitzvah to do. Because the other ones, for the most part, there's no major downside in doing it. Let's, 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 say you, let's say you're wrong and you thought your kid at six and a half was able to shake a lulu and he needed to be seven. No, no, it's not a big deal. But by tefillin, if you had inappropriate thoughts or your body was not clean when you were in tefillin, that's an avera. So we take it a little more seriously. Um, that's actually the reason why also um, of all the mitzvah seishas mangroma, um, we discourage women to wear tefillin. Because even men, men again, the, the, the minute used to be that men wore tefillin all day. But even men don't wear tefillin all day because it's so hard to maintain a clean body that it's such a downside to inappropriately wear tefillin that it's worth it for us to wear tefillin less to avoid disgracing the tefillin. So women who are putter from wearing tefillin to voluntarily choose to put themselves in that matzah, we discourage that. That's, 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 that's a negative thing to do. So, you know, that's the main reason we discourage them? Um, amongst the Rishon, it's that reason, and then some say it's begadish. I mean, as opposed to like the uh, lulav, you know, if they choose to do it, it's not begging each to have lulav, but but fill in according to some Rishonim accounts as our begotten, whatever it is. But um, the reason I gave you 
Um, I forgot the original source, but I read it from Rabbi Meiselman from Tomo. He writes that in his Sefer called Women in, in, in Judaism. And, and, and he actually goes through the Ashkafa in general and women's roles, and then he goes through mitzvah and mitzvah, explaining certainly that why, why, why do we discourage scissors, why do we discourage tefillin, why is, uh, why is uh, the halachas of inheritance not uh, melchavanistic, why, you know, like he, it's, it's, a very, it's a very cool safer. I haven't seen it in print in a while. Um, do I still have it? I had it. It was written in the seventies, but it, it, it's it's still a pretty cool saver. Either, but the Tzvillin one was I was I always like that reason that he gave that uh, that it's just you know even even we wouldn't like so you're choosing to put yourself in that situation you shouldn't Dafka shouldn't. Um, okay, Yodei Ledaber. Um, once he knows how to talk, Aviv Lom Dotar. His father should already start teaching him Torah. Vikriyashma and Kriyashma. Now, now we pause right now. Oh. What Torah do you teach him? Like when he's, you know, I, I, I have a, uh, you know, a one, I have a 15-month-old who's already saying mommy and daddy, so in a couple months from now I'll be able to talk. So what am I teaching him exactly? So where it says, Amar of Imnuna, Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe Marasha Kilas Yaakov. The first passage you teach a child is Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe. This is brought halacha lamaisa. And the Rambam, I don't remember the Shulchan Aruch brings it, but I know for sure the Rambam brings it, that the first passage you teach a child is Torah Tziva Lanu Moshe Marasha Kilas Yaakov. Kriyashma Mahi, what are you teaching for Kriyashma at that age? Pasuk Rishon, we're not talking about the whole thing. We're not talking about three Prakim, but at least Shema Yisrael Shemachan, which we also teach at a very young age. You know, it's a Kriyashma Alamita, Hamal Gayal, these types of things. Hayudea Lishmar Gufo, the child knows how to guard his body, which in this case means like he's aware of his body. He's aware of what he's doing, he's aware of what he's touching. Um, he's not, you know, some, sometimes kids are completely hefker with their body, they don't even know what's going on. So if he knows how to guard his body, Ochlin al gufo taros. So let's say there was a certain food. Um, okay, this actually wasn't so good. Chagiga. Chagiga talks about the idea that either you're a Kohen or even regular people, there are certain people that dedicate their lives that everything they eat is tar. Taros. Tar. They make sure it's totally tar and never became tummy whatsoever. So let's say I have my steak or my apple, whatever it was, that I have maintained its purity. And then a kid touches it. I'm like, oh gosh, you ruined the whole thing. You know, how, 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 how can I trust this kid? He's not Tommy. So if the kid is the type of kid that can be Shomer's goof, and he touches it, and you say to him, by the way, are you Torah right now? And he says, yes, you could trust him. So we're gonna, and I'm distinguishing now between hands and body. His, 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 like his, his elbow touches it, or his hands, or his side touches, etc. So, so again, reading those words again, last word on the line is Hayudea. Hayudea lishmor gufoi, if he knows how to watch his body, ochlin al gufo taros, you could eat food that touched his body. You eat taros that touch his body. Lishmor is yodav, if he's an older boy, then not only is his body he's aware of, but he's even aware of his hands. He knows how to watch his hands. His hands don't, like, you know, aimlessly touch things. Then Ochlin al Yadav Taros, you're allowed to even t- touch the, you're even allowed to eat taros that touches his hands. So the assumption is again that that it's uh, it's harder to watch your hands than it is to watch your body in general. Like if you say to him, like, did you knock into that watermelon? He'll know if he knocked into the watermelon. But if you sit at the table and there's a lot of thing there, and did you touch that apple or not? You know, a little bit it's a little more maturity to be aware of like did, what, what did your hands touch and did you fiddle with something or not. So if you if you able to watch his body, you're allowed to eat taros that his body touched, um, and you can trust him. And if um, as I watch his hands, then you uh, watch his hands. You can trust him when he says that his hands, you know, that he's not tummy and when he touched was okay. So, again, I, I, mean, I want to be clear again over here, is that we know that he touched it. Can we trust him today that he's tar? That, that's what it is over here. 
so, including a barrier oh, when it comes to tumor, meaning hands are exposed, the rest of the body, especially right. clothed. I mean, is that um, oh, Good question. I don't think so. I don't think so. No, there's a few cases I can think of that it doesn't make a difference. That, you know. Okay, so we're still getting a list over here. Hayudea Lishael. This is Rashi. One second on this one. So Rashi says, your daily show. Rashi says, if you look at the Rashi, uh, like seven, eight lines up. Shim Sholin also, if you ask him, Nagata Batuma um, Zu, do you touch this Tuma? He's old enough to answer that question of yes, no, or maybe. So what happens if you ask him and he actually is unclear? Like, I, I, I don't know. He's a mature guy. He just doesn't know. So you know how to ask him. He knows how to answer. That, okay, this is a uh, halach sinai. So don't, 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 don't look for logic in this. I'll explain to you the source of it in a second. But there's a general rule altogether, not just uh, in this area of Allah, but others of Allah as well, that a suffix in Rishus Harabim is Tahor, a suffix in Rishus is Tameh. And all that matters is where did the, where did the suffix arise? If the suffix arose in Rishus HaYachid, then the suffix is, Tai goes against the runner and he's in the Chumrah. And if the suffix arose in Rishus Harabim, then the suffix is Tahor. The suffix of where he might have become Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're in a house and you're not sure that he touched Tumar or not, we're going to be in him. If he's in the street and we're not sure, and he's not sure if he touched Tumar or not, we're going to make him. So it's not where he touched the item that we're questioning, but it's where he became Tumar? Well, well, we don't know if he became Tumar at all. No, we are with a, a, a young boy, it's just a Robin, and we, we're not sure if he touched something. And he says, I don't know if I touched it. And the suffix is the kula, and he's tar. If we're in Rishut Sayyachid, and he might have touched something, and he doesn't know he touched it, then the suffix is the chumrah. Um, the source of this is actually the halachas of sota. Um, it's a drasha halachah Messina, that by sota, we don't know for a fact that she did an inappropriate act. She had yichud, which we know she should not have had, and that act was actually Rishut Sayyachid, because she, that's called yichud, she was having yichud with a man, um, unless the water proves otherwise, we assume she's guilty. You know what I'm saying? Until she drinks the sota water. So we learn from there, the general rule is, is that a suffix tumma, her act was tumma, a suffix tumma in Rishus HaYachid is Sveiko Tame. But in Rishus HaYachid is Sveiko Tame. That's basically uh, because, uh, you know, She says, Hilchas and Misaita. So, Lachmash Misaita from Sota. Okay, fine. So, the point being is, Hayudea Lishal, if you're able to ask him if he became Tame or not. If it's a Mishra Yachid, his suffix is Lachomer, is Tumma. And Mishra Rabbim, Sveiko Tar. Hayudea Lifres Kapov. If he knows how to do Prisus Yadaim, means a Kohen, and he knows how to do him. A lot of little kids up here duchening, right? If he's old enough to be able to duchen, chokin lo truma beis then you can start giving him truma directly, not just based on what his father gives him at home. 
but where do you do it? Beitzak Granos in the granary, in the in the, in the uh, you know out in the field in the granary, and the reason why is that you don't want to do it publicly. Yet. He's a little kid, and there's actually kedusha. There's actually kedusha of the truma, so. Um, you want to maintain the dignity of the item that you're giving out. So to give it out publicly, it's a little bit of a disgrace for the, uh, to give out your truma publicly to a young child. But Lamaisa, once the child is old enough that he's able to duchen, then you're allowed to give him the, uh, the truma, but you can only do it in the base of you know, out in, near the, uh, you know, the threshing floor area, not in public. And that's, that's um, Alt as well? Um, that is... These are all combinations of chinuch, and yeah, it's a good question. I mean, just giving your kid trauma. Is no, no. So, so the pa- I think the parent can give the kid trauma even earlier. I'm pretty sure. Right, the wife and child are able to eat trauma. This is talking about other people giving it to them directly. I mean, you're all giving to a Cohen kid directly, not through the father. But if a kid is. I'm pretty sure a Kohen kid could, you know, the, the, the chalas he has every Shabbos are, are, are chuma chalas, you know. I'd imagine, I'd imagine he'd be allowed to. That's what I'd imagine. I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure you, the, the parent gave it to him. The question is distributing it to the child directly, is that okay or not? That's my, that's my assumption. Okay. Hayodeya lishchait. We're going to stop a little short of finishing the parak today. We'll have to get a couple more guys here Monday. Um, if he knows how to shecht, you can eat a shechita. Rachi says, what does it mean? He has the precision of his hands to do shechita. He just, he's, he's got the skill. Um... Even though he doesn't look at Rashi, it says Avapisha Eno Yubaki Behilchas Shchita. Meaning, again, you're expecting this young child to know Behilchas Shchita. It's very complicated. Does he have the skill? And uh, the key is, though, as the Gemara says, Vaita Maravuna Vusha Gadol Mila Gabav. But that has to still be with an adult supervising, looking over it. You know what I'm saying? So part of why the adult has to supervise it is that okay, fine, he knows how to do the skill of actually, you know, cutting the 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 right pipes in the neck, but. The, Exactly. And actually, some people even say the das is like done via the adult. A lot of, lot of halakhas happen this way. Like, uh, can a kid make tzitzis? Well, it's fundamentally the difference if there's an adult overseeing it or not overseeing it. And even though you have to have lishma, can the adult's lishma, you know, be transferred, you know, via Wi-Fi through the kid, you know, onto the tzitzis or not? This is an area of halakh we're not going to enter right now, but it's a big discussion. But over here as well, so right now the main thing is, is can he even just do the cut? It's a very serious thing. I mean, I don't think I could do the cut personally, but uh, I don't know if you could do it. You for sure could do it. You, you, do, you do cuts all the time. But, uh, but um, the point being is, that, yeah, it's not so simple for me to be able to cut an animal's neck. But the point being is, is that if he knows how to do it and he's able to have the precision to do it and he knows what he's doing, uh, then you can actually eat a shechita, but obviously with the side point that there's a gadol omen agabav, there's an adult overseeing the process to make sure it's being done properly. Yalchol lechol kezayis dagan. This is a totally separate point right now um, than Lachazachinach. Once he's old enough that he's able to eat a kezayas of grain, you have to distance yourself from his excrement and from his urine before you can make brachas. So, total, this is, this is a major halacha that very few people know. But a newborn child's dirty diaper, you're allowed to make a bracha in its vicinity. A 
older child's uh, six-month-old. They're, you know, they're having grain yet, probably a little older, whatever. They, oh, maybe by then. But if they're old enough to have grain, then that's already considered to be a uh, developed enough food that it creates the type of tsoa that smells, and you can't make a bracha in there, and therefore, um, and therefore you have to distance from the, the tsoa. Yeah, but the newborn child who's just living on breast milk, uh, you do not have to distance yourself from the tsoa before you make a bracha. So, again, read those words again. Uh, once he's old enough that he's able to eat a kezayis of grain you have to distance yourself from his soa which is excrement and is which is urine four amos before making a bracha but not only does it matter what he's eating it also depends on the, on the speed of how he's eating it it's a kezayis of grain within the period of time of pras, and that's a phrase you should you should be familiar with. That's what we actually use for all our mitzvahs as well. Most familiar is the, uh, the amount of time you have to eat your matzah in this pras. Or if you're eating on Yom Kippur and you're given a heter to eat, you're trying to avoid eating it within this pras. Uh, how long this pras is is a one of those classic, you know, massive machlekuses. It ranges everything from two to nine minutes amongst the poskim, and that's why on Pesach we try to finish it within two minutes, and on Yom Kippur we try to avoid eating within nine minutes. Is that we go we go the chomer both ways. The most kamashitas are between four and six minutes, though. It's good to know that. That's why at the Seder, I tell people, um, you know, like, don't, don't, don't go crazy. Like, the main shita, really, really, very few posts can luck on my soul, that has to be two minutes. Most posts can luck has to be four, even six, um, which I keep in mind for myself because I have oat matzahs, and oat matzahs are the driest, thickest things in the world. And you can literally choke if you try to get down a lot of it without the proper uh, balance of saliva to, <laughs> to, to matzah. No, seriously, it's, it's, like, it's like dangerous. So uh, I try to do two minutes if I can. I usually can. I usually can. But I don't drive myself crazy because the main sheet does four minutes. And certainly with elderly or anyone, you know, a woman, like, don't, don't stress them out. You know, give them the four to six minutes. Uh, but, you know, you should try to get it certainly within six minutes if possible, which shouldn't be too hard to have a kezai matzah, especially because we go crazy with our shiurim and a kezai matzah is much smaller than most people make it out to be. Um, so that's an important thing to keep in mind. But again, like Yom Kippur, we try to do it um, to, to, to space them out by nine minutes to be super machmir. But even on that as well, you know, when I have uh, a lady that's, that uh, I gave her a heter to have eat a Yom Kippur and she's doing the shiurim, I say, can you do one ounce every nine minutes? And for some reason with the doctor, she felt that nine minutes was too long. So instead of saying, okay, so don't fast, then, then do the six minutes, then, then do the four minutes, you know. Do some version of being Yotze, something that you're fasting before you, you know, throw in the towel altogether. Um, okay, so we'll stop here. But as Hashem, we will finish uh, on Monday.